Previously on Life's Bought a Song. Um, Eliza is the truth, and everyone should listen to her, but we'll get more into that in Zombies 2. Life's Bought a Song, so you can sing along with a special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals or spooky musicals i am your host john and with me today well we know she's back it's shady everyone Woo! Uh, woo. oh did you just say <laughs> fuck you what uh yeah i did uh, language shady there's wear pups around there's where pups are uh and we're here today to talk about zombies 2 or as shady said before we recorded and i'm totally giving you credit but i'm gonna repeat it yeah. zombies 2 werewolf boogaloo that's the take we're using that's the take yes yes we're gonna edit out that first one and we're gonna keep this in and everyone's yeah. gonna be confused mm-hmm. editing um <laughs> the screenplay was written by david light and joseph razzo again Directed by Paul Owen again, so welcome back, gentlemen. If those, if that is your preferred pronouns, and according to IMDb, the continuing adventures of Seabrook High students Addison and Zed, whose budding romance is threatened by the arrival of werewolves. That's probably how they marketed the movie. Well, because they're like, oh, look, a new monster that's representative of another <laughs> BIPOC community. Yeah. But this Although... time it's the indigenous folk. <laughs> um, I do want to give credit where it's due. Okay. The metaphor is a lot less broken. It's still not a perfect one-to-one metaphor. But it's a lot less broken. It doesn't undermine itself the way that the zombie metaphor does in the first one. But I feel like there's so many metaphors in this one. (laughs) There are. But I also want to give them a lot of credit. Um, I think it's really cool with the werewolf pack. They actually bring in elements from a lot of different cultures around the world. Like they do... Like, I, I never really thought about it, but the bamboo dance that they do during one of the songs, yes. that's based off of a, or I'm assuming they based that off of a very similar folk dance. Um, there's one with bamboos in India that's, I'm mm-hmm. not going to try to pronounce it because I'm going to be real ugly American if I try to. And then I think there's a Filipino dance that's very similar. I'm pretty sure I saw a capoeira at one point. Yeah. As a and, uh, as choreography. So like what's interesting and, and is like credit too, they had the foresight to when they gave Addison her werewolf makeover. Her hairstyle is very Viking. They made the white girl similar styled after uh European uh-huh. uh culture and not Right, because I did I did write down during her costume change. I was like, is this makeover cultural appropriation question mark? I mean, it toes the line. It toes the, toes line. the line. But like we were talking about choreography. I want to give credit first to Jennifer Weber. Welcome. She's our choreographer for this for this movie. The only movie she did out of the franchise. Um, okay. She did a great job. I think this one has my favorite choreo. So she did 
I feel like base a lot of the choreography for this movie from the language that Christopher Scott in the first movie created. So like there still was the differences with the cheerleaders and the zombies. They still did their own dance language, but then the werewolves, I don't think have a specific style. I think they're like a worldly style, as you were saying, because like when in flesh and bone, when it started to rain, you and I have watched Bollywood movies. We've talked about it on Movie Deja Vu. I was like, (laughs) get it, Bollywood. It felt like they were inspired by all. Oh, I love that connection. I love that connection you just made. I didn't even, I was not thinking Bollywood, but I should have been because that it's also like a very big dramatic dance moment which is very typical typical of bollywood so we're still on racism bad theme but we're, we're also getting into the history books have it wrong mm-hmm. but like also on a teen level i feel like addison wanting to find her pack quote unquote is really just like any old teenager just trying to figure themselves out yeah, that, it's very it's very blanket coming of age. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a weird she thing takes with her twenty three and me tests and finds out she's not a werewolf. Yes, but then there's also like a thing that Zed is doing where it kind of I hate to say this. <laughs> okay. I, I'm I'm a white person. I'm watching this as a white person, mm-hmm. but it feels mm-hmm. like he's talking about code switching. Yes. I also made that connection and I was also like, how do I talk about that as a lily white lady? Yeah, because in the song like zombies do, I just wrote, oh no, code switching. Yeah, that's, that's... The, I, I also made that same connection. And I like that they're starting to talk a little more nuanced about is assimilating a net positive or a net negative? What does it actually do for your self-esteem to be like, I need to change who I am? And I need to tamp down my own culture, which is an interesting conversation. And it's for as many children's movies as there are that are anti-prejudice, it usually doesn't get into nuances like that. So I thought that was very interesting. And I don't want to say brave, but like, you know, nice step up. Uh, But I'm not going to lie, though. I didn't really like the music in this one. They were still boppy, but like... I. I think this one compared to the first one, I want to say that the ceiling is higher, but the floor is lower. So the songs that I like, I like more in this one than the first one. But the song, mm-hmm. there's really no songs I really dislike all that much in the first one. There are no, some, no, no. But like, there are some I dislike in this one. I do not like the "I'm Winning" the white the dual white boy rap. Not a fan. I watched until the end because I couldn't find the songwriters online because it's weird that like these movies are not having an internet presence at all and no place lists all the songwriters. However, there was the same group of like three or four names I saw at the end in the credits uh, that wrote, we own the night like zombies do call of the wild and one for all. However, for I'm Winning, it is a group of eight writers are credited for it. Eight? Yeah. Eight writers? For that? Okay. For that. Okay, you know what? I'm not a songwriter. I could not do a better job. And again, 
if they did so like there was that one group i said of like three or four names i can't remember that wrote that wrote those four songs every song every other song was written by a different group of people like like there was nobody that transferred over however i do give them credit again because it does sound like one cohesive language and i will say the songs i like in this movie almost all of them are werewolf songs or like flesh and bone which i'm considering a werewolf song even though all of them sing it but it starts with them and it's about their fight i'm calling it a group number i'll call it a group number yeah okay i feel that but those are the songs i like the best and and i I like the the reprise of someday yeah because now we're getting into like the romance and because if i remember correctly in the first movie the first time they sing it it was boppy it was a little yeah it was a little bit of a dance number a little little soft soft shoe yeah and then the and then they started in in that one reprised and it was the more romantic theme that happened in this one yeah and I, i like it i think that's um as far as a children's movie romantic song goes i think it's pretty good yeah it's nice um I don't hate it. So there is to go back to racism and metaphors. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I want you to now say what you told me prior to us recording this episode. What this movie is about with the representation of the werewolves, like what they mean. Their story mirrors the real life story of uh, indigenous peoples in North America. Uh-huh. Is that is that what you mean? No, there was a specific one that you mentioned the dakota access pipeline story yeah standing rock yeah i think there's some standing rock references in this specifically and what this is why because you mentioned this you mentioned this when we first watched it in 2020 and that's why Uh, i asked last episode if the integration of the zombies was supposed to be the little rock nine and so i feel like they're basing oh, things we're connecting historical events mm-hmm. okay 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 I see. but I, also but also blanketing the metaphors of yeah. everything because like like we said this is about the indigenous folk but like it's not just it didn't feel just like native americans it just felt like the indigenous people of mm-hmm. a country right enter well, a country and, and, here right and again we're we referenced uh filipino culture indian culture brazilian culture those are also places that fell under colonialism so we are talking broadly about uh cultures that have been threatened out of existence by colonialism yeah um, i guess vikings not so much but and then addison is also also as a coming of age she's still the <laughs> the 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 white girl savior but also learning when the werewolves confront her to say your history books are wrong she goes i didn't know yeah which which is i really i love what they're doing with that scene but it makes me laugh every time i watch this where she's like i didn't know it's so i don't know why it's so funny that she's just instantly like i didn't something about the delivery is really funny Especially because, like, I'm repeating this from the previous episode, but I think Meg Donnelly's really good in these movies. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're all they all understand the assignment again. Yeah. We're we're doing. They're all doing the same movie. It feels yeah. like, although now we're in some. <laughs> we're getting into some interesting territory at the uh, towards the end of this movie, because okay, so the werewolves names are following w names so right. we've got willa wyatt and winter right. which love the spelling of winter by the way it's w-y-n-t-e-r i'm here oh for it. fancy okay okay but, a little bohemian right there so there's this weird thing that's happening throughout the whole movie with wyatt and addison where i'm not sure if he's actually flirting with her i don't really think he is i think he like because Addis- they believe that Addison is the alpha of the pack or something that's going to yeah. lead them to the the moonstone. I am not making any of this shit up. <laughs> no, I agree with you that the romantic angle of it is only seen by third parties. It's only seen by Zed and Eliza. I oh. think like Wyatt is, like you said, just trying to like appeal to her like you're one of us uh trying to convince her that she's one of them i think what is interpreted as an attraction to him is really just an attraction to belonging to that group i don't think there's any romantic feelings between them because there's no hint when she does like go to they call it prom instead of prom which is a dumb joke but i like it anyway it's so dumb i'm like why prom isn't (laughs) it doesn't make sense prom isn't copywritten so like it doesn't matter <laughs> but they're the mighty shrimp john oh my gosh. and it's the only like shrimp related pun that they do is prawn whatever um but it's not like you see like a crestfallen wyatt that addison stayed with zed instead but like he he's just like yeah go get it girl i'm gonna flirt with eliza a little bit uh, i have a better question for you does he flirt with bonzo at the end Yes, I think he flirts with everybody. <laughs> so we're they're pansexual polyamorous where they're they're introducing <laughs> yep, and we're gonna put a pin in this because we're not gonna talk about the third movie <laughs> just yet. Yeah, we're we're keeping it. We're keeping it on, on a back burner. hmm Yeah, remember this everyone until the next episode. Let, let this topic simmer. okay so we did kind of touch upon this last episode but now we're gonna really get into it because like this whole movie addison talks about how she doesn't fit in she keeps talking about her hair whatever but i'm like where is this coming from yeah the only people who ever say anything about it are the aces who are bullies She's not facing an oppression by the entire of society. It's really it's her family who originally shamed her into hiding her natural hair. And then it's the school bullies who already don't like her. Yeah, and it's so it's so weird, like it's, this movie. It's not it's not like yeah. So if last movie was supposed to be freshman year, I think this is supposed to be sophomore year. Yeah, I think it starts at the end of summer break between the years, which yes. also, why is their version of prom happening so early? It might be year? homecoming or or like the first uh, school dance. It would make sense if it's homecoming because there's also a homecoming king and queen. But like, but like they're but also... Then the, but then the, meta, the, 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 the pun falls apart, whatever. I'm not going to stew on that. <laughs> Don't think too hard. You're going to hurt your brain. It's a decom. Don't think too hard. But it feels like a lot of characters like Bucky 
reverted back to how they were in the first movie before mm-hmm. the ending. Although we did talk about it last episode and I want to bring it up now. Bucky registered that Zed held back when he zombied out in the first movie and he says it in this one. I was like, you little fucker. How dare you? Yeah. Also, how old are you? Like, <laughs> what is yeah, this character's what, age? Yeah, is he supposed to be a senior and he was a junior in the last one? I have no idea. I don't remember if he's even still at the school in the third one. I don't think he is. I think he's graduated by the third one, isn't he? He's he's, like, he's just in it. Yeah. I but, don't think he's at I mean, the I know- school though. I think he's like their their like cheer coach or something. He's some he's some it's some season six of Glee bullshit that happens. Well, there you go. Which I'm keeping all that in. Uh but because, like because that one no, I won't jump ahead. Go ahead. But also, where are Bucky's parents? Great question. Because I did write down also where are the adult werewolves, but then like an hour later they answered that for me. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I understand now that, you know, you need the moonstone to revive a lot to revive your necklaces, which mm-hmm. work as a in reverse as to how the zombie bands are yeah like they enhance the werewolfiness of them instead of tamping it down yeah but and and also without being full werewolves they die which is sad that is sad i feel like because zombies have to assimilate Mm -hmm. i feel like the werewolves are like fuck that Mm -hmm. we're gonna be which i love i love that i love be proud of your culture be proud yeah. of your nature. Love it. I also do like, or finally in this one, kind of, I think they realize a lot of the missteps they made in the first one and they're like taking steps to correct them because here we've got Eliza teasing at the idea that actually we might not need the Z-bands. We might yes! Be able to, which, great, awesome. I do not like that the zombies have to rely on technology to co- coexist with humans. And we see so. that at the end of the movie. Yeah, she takes it off, she zombies out, and she doesn't murder anyone. Awesome. Also, Zed takes it off and saves everyone from the fault line when they're yeah. trying to bring out the moon. Listen, everyone, I, I swear, <laughs> I am just repeating what is said and done in the movie. I am not... my Us talking about Wyatt flirting with everyone may have been us inferring. I don't think that's real. Maybe, maybe flirting with I Eliza. Was, I don't think. I don't think it was Ponzo. intended. Yeah, it may have been. A, it may have been like a fun take or something. You know. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Oh, it'll go over the kiddos' heads." Like, um, <laughs> like Paul was just like, "Hey, uh, actor who plays Wyatt, uh, Pierce Joza, um, have fun with it. <laughs> have fun with this. Uh, have fun uh, with this line. This one's for silly." This and one, I'm still, that's a silly one. And I'm still looking at Principal Lee's photo of her in, in Saw. Oh my god, it's so still a lair. <laughs> she got better in this one. She's, she's still not really not in it. There. She's not, not really, really in it. it. Um, I feel I'm gonna like... say she got better because she had one little bit that did make me giggle a little bit. I like talking about high fives. Yeah, when she's like, we get to hang out. Anyone want to hang out with me? I thought that was funny. I feel like they definitely didn't 
because she didn't need to be in this movie yeah she was following rules and even like when zed nominates himself question mark i still don't understand how that works but when zed nominates himself to run for class president and bucky is like hey we have the anti-monster rules in effect right now because werewolves scary oh my god other people Uh, people uh the prince was like i'm sorry he's a student he can run it's not yeah it's not a humans only event yeah and even when she she bans the zombies and the werewolves from the dance she's like she like you said she's like my hands are tied she seems to like actually regret it it feels like she had some character growth yeah she could have fought harder but she wasn't like resisting the progress either right or making snide comments yeah right she's on her journey we're on a right we're on the right trajectory with her we are all works in progress i feel like also which one is the dumb ac is that lacy i think that's lacy yeah lacy's the lacy's the dumb one is the other girl and And now we have jc otherwise known as like kevin or something like that yeah i love his standing back tuck get it um but like i think lacy is also like went two steps or went one step forward and then took like a half step back yeah not a full step not like a yard back like uh bucky did but like she's just not a hundred percent there because she's still conforming to the other aces and bucky's rule yeah but like you see her she tries that froyo that the coach has the coach has a second job everyone as a frozen yogurt vendor here for it (laughs) she tries one that's like an odd flavor where it's like bones or brains or something like it's a zombie-esque flavor yeah she's like vanilla she's like delicious i'm here for it and then there's some other moments some of her lines feel like you know obviously she's supposed to be the airhead but like it feels like she's not as mean as the other three, two or three are. But like, it feels she can... like most of her ire is just directed specifically at Addison and not at the zombies. But like, even then, sometimes it's like, I mean, she wants to also. So, Addison's story as well is that she has the potential of becoming captain yeah cheer captain cheer captain but uh stacy and lacy want to be cheer captain yeah so it's more like a competition to be fair if we're following the storyline as laid out in the first movie it does seem like they've been on the team longer seniority matters but also at cheer camp addison's team won the obstacle course that's true. And they do repeatedly say she's a natural leader. And I love that Bonzo is now a cheerleader. And love also in, in marching band. Here for it. And a DJ. He is. He is I'm here he for contains Bonzo. contains multitudes. I'm here for Bonzo. I'm also here still for Brie. I love yeah. her. She Love their romance. She grew as well because... In the first movie, we did talk about how, like, she was a little trepidatious, but then she's like, you know what? No, I'm going to help you out. In this one, she's like, hold my beer, everyone. We're ready. We're in it. We're going to fight. We're going to save. We're going to save Addison because they think that the werewolves abducted her. Spoiler alert. Not really. Um, Right. Not at all. She's she's very active. She's not a leader in this one. She's like, all right, it's, it's up to me. 
but but and also, also full SJW, which but, again here for. But also, the werewolves think Addison is the alpha werewolf that they've been searching for. So mm. Addison thinks she's a werewolf because she found her click. She found her group. She found. Oh, we should note that the werewolves thing, their big visual thing, is they all have dark hair with a white streak. Mm, yes and addison has fully white hair which the prophesied great alpha has fully white hair so all the werewolves wear necklaces that contain the magic of the moonstone that holds their werewolf power so they present addison with one to be like if you really are our alpha that we're looking for you will turn into a werewolf as soon as you put this necklace on and so when she does and doesn't transform. Brie Fuck gave a gave a the gut perfect. punch, a perfect delivery to her. She's like, You're beautiful, but nothing happened, but you're still you, and I love yeah. you, or whatever she you're, says. Yeah, and she's like, I think it's like you're beautiful, but it's the same beautiful. Yeah. And credit to Carla Jeffrey, who plays Brie. Um, you fuck. That is yeah. that is layers. Like in the first movie and in this one, she's the doofy sidekick. She's the like, I'm kooky, I'm in a decom. Meh, meh, meh. Yeah. But like I'm the one with glasses. I'm the spunky one. But like that line delivery was well done. And it was yeah. like, I don't like it was really good. We're in a decom. <laughs> like she's putting that she that one was for the real. That was for the real. Yeah. Um, I also don't know if I mentioned this. To go back to Jennifer Weber, I think the choreography slapped more than the music did. Mm, okay, I feel that. Statement? Yeah, I feel um, that. This is her first film credit as a choreographer. Damn. She then went on to do a Disney Plus movie called The Hip Hop Nutcracker. Okay. Um, I bet the choreo is wonderful. It looked it. It looked, I, I looked at the cast list for that one and I was like, oh, some step up people. Oh, oh. some some people have seen online on TikTok and Instagram who are like dancers. Dancer dancers. Yeah. Good. Good. Do you want to talk about the songs for a little bit? Let's do it. Okay. I wrote for We Own the Night That It Slaps because that's the werewolf song. Yeah. Super dope. I'm not a musically inclined person, so I'm not going to have the right language to talk about this. Okay. What are what is the technical terms for what they're doing with the werewolf songs where they kind of sound like it's not like they they like they're in a minor key or anything but it's almost spookier than what everybody else is doing. I don't know how to say it, but it's a little like more like it honestly feels like they're creating a different language as well. Right. They yeah, created... they're using the music that way as yeah. well as the choreo. Because I feel like in Flesh and Bone, it definitely has, like, influences from around the world. Especially, like, when the different groups sing. Yeah. And then they dance and everything. And um, Call to the Wild, that song, I couldn't put my finger on exactly what instruments, but it sounded like there were maybe some, like, rain sticks. Maybe there was some pan flute in there. Like, again, a more international That's also... That's also the one with the bamboo dance that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Where so they're, they're getting into like more, I guess it's like less like structured more yeah, or, or like less electronic. Is that, is that the word? Ooh, I want to say? 
yeah. Well, I mean, electronic sounding. Electronic yeah. sounding. They're still using auto-tune on all of these songs. Because they're still it's Disney just, Channel kids. So yeah. Disney Channel actors. They're 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 touched by the by the computer gods. Yeah. But, um I treated I, I treated the writing out my thoughts on these songs like you know that one meme where it's or that one sound on tiktok videos where it's like slay slay <laughs> pass slay the house down boots uh yeah slight slay so like i wrote for we got this slaps we own the night slaps gotta find where i belong skip call to the wild slay uh <laughs> and then i just gave up after a while because like i'm winning at first i didn't write anything down because i was just like this is a dumb song it is yeah i get it i understand it there's just something about it that i'm like it's so dumb not to be this guy but it's very cringe i'm just like ah okay i mean it's supposed to be a comedy song i guess like it's not supposed to be a serious song but i think it's supposed to be the same as Dand was in the first one where mm. like they're changing minds of people stand i think i want to do stand no fired up the competition version where they mm. are working together at the cheer championship and the audience sees the zombies and humans working together so i think that's what they were trying to do with i'm winning yeah but but they made it a white boy rap song which is very hard to do well. It could have just been a patter song and it would have removed like half the cringe, but you um, know, there's already a lot of hip hop influence in all of the songs. So I guess that because really that's work. part of the language that they created yeah. in the first movie, which I mean, I'm happy that they kept it. Yeah. It just, it works better when they're doing pop vocals and not. <laughs> I wrote down for gotta gotta find where I belong. This feels like a rejected high school musical song. Mm, it's it's a Gabriella song for sure. It's a it's a gotta go my own way. Is that Gabriella song? Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that. It's this. It's the first draft of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got this. I feel like I, Ooh, although we I got do... the slaps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say one. Uh, my one positive for gotta find where i belong whatever it's called uh-huh. i do like this is a production note i like the guitar sound in it oh. there's like a little guitar riff uh underneath it uh that i really really like i'm not gonna lie as much as i love the introduction of the werewolves and i love what they bring in the choreography this feels mm-hmm. like second season letdown hmm. okay okay the I'm... stakes somehow feel lower even though they're actually higher yeah there's just something about this movie overall that i don't know it doesn't it feels like a sequel yeah i think they tried to do too many storylines and they piled up on each other and they connect some of them in good ways i will admit to really really being entertained by the shrimp mascot driving the bus in the costume oh my god i love that too i love that too i loved it and then zed's promposal attempt being very wacky sitcom overdone joke but you know it works or whatever but i like that they actually worked that into and now we're introducing the werewolves this is how we introduce the werewolves and it's Mm -hmm. like oh there was a purpose to that gag other than just being a silly little sitcom gag but also we got a um 
we had another graphic novel prologue. Mm, yeah. That explained everything too. But I feel like this could easily be fixed. It's because it's an hour and 24 minutes. I feel like if we went to an hour 40, and I know it's because DCOM, you have to deal with commercials and everything, but like if yeah, we're- You've got that two hour time slot but with if, commercials. But if we are ripping it apart from being a DCOM, if we're making this just a movie. Right. If it was hour 40, you know, give us an extra 20 minutes, we could work with some of the stuff. We can yeah. like marinate something. Mashaz it. it. Nope, it's Mashaz and that's what I'm Mishaz. using in the in the Instagram post as well. Great. Mishaz I it. have never been more ashamed of myself, but okay, great. <laughs> that's not true. My life is a series of shameful moments. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> Because that means I'm a shameful um, moment. <laughs> no, you're the bright spot that makes it all worth it. Okay, you're the bright spot in my life. Fuck yeah. yeah. See, uh, and this is how yeah. a friendship is done. But like, you do you agree with me that like that could have been an e- like an easier fix if we like rip it apart from Disney Channel? Yeah. If you have to keep all of the storylines, yes, I do think that's an easier fix because then you can actually give them all space to breathe and develop. There's a real anti-climax to it. Um, and I, I understand why they do this. It's the same reason why pre- uh, prejudice and racism was very easy to dismantle in the first movie. And that's because it's a kid's movie and we like to have easy solutions. But when they do their little Standing Rock protest song, Flesh and Bone, the the people in charge are very much like, okay, yeah, you convinced us like immediately. Well, and it's also it that... Feels like, oh, okay, well... I mean, in reality, uh, those people were tear gassed a lot and arrested. And like, that was a very long struggle for the Sioux people and all of their allies. But yeah, sure. Just one song will convince them. But again, it's a kid's movie. So you want to give them easy answers. The weird... You don't want to tell them that life is struggle. But like the weird button to that is that it's Zed talking to his dad, where... Addison's dad is there. They arrested the werewolves. So, like, wouldn't you think it would be Addison being like, Dad, let these people go. They're my friends. Yeah. And it's also because again, if we're if we're following the metaphor, Zed's dad is also in this universe an ethnic minority, which I mean, and they are kind of touching on the idea of like minority groups being stronger when they're working together instead of splintering into factions, which is a real thing. Um I don't want to speak as a white woman. I don't have the capacity to speak to that uh, as far as different racial minorities not working together. But it does like make me think of there are a lot of white women who consider themselves feminists and are fighting against or, or think they're fighting against the patriarchy, but also don't want to fight against white supremacy, even though those two things are the same thing. And even though, yes, women make up technically the majority of people as far as power and influence goes we are considered a minority group compared to men um cisgendered men so that is minorities refusing to team up with other minorities to fight for equal rights quote-unquote feminists who do that are not helping their own cause by refusing to help other causes and a lot of people don't realize that i think it's Um, also because both zombies and humans are told one thing about werewolves yeah where the history books lie shocker everyone right Total but also surprise but 
And, and this, I do think, is, again, true to life. But we've already learned that they were wrong about zombies, too. That the, the prejudices about zombies weren't correct. Wait, but that's true to life. That's true to life. A lot of people will do that, where they, they unlearn one set of prejudice, but don't realize that that means that they should be challenging other sets of prejudices. You can't just fight for your own self-interest. You have to fight for everyone's self-interest. Yeah, that's but... The, that's the actual path to equality. But in the end, they um, eradicated racism again. They did it again. They did it again. They did it again. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the whole movie, Bucky is still racist, still Mm. zombieist, still, and he's now werewolfist. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And even right before that last number, he's still his ists. And then all of a sudden he's in one for all. And I'm like, why are you here? He didn't have the same moment that he had in the first one where it is like, oh, wait, no, he is reflecting right now. He is reflecting. He has, we, we went forward. He was part of the, the zombie uh, block party, whatever they called it. I don't remember, (laughs) but like he was there and we grew and he grew and he real and like, he even in this movie calls up be like yeah you know i know you were you stopped but like they don't know you you're gonna stop mm. so i'm just like why are you part of this song where they're celebrating the end of racism in this town right. like bro you're the problem you're the look inward the call's coming <laughs> from inside the house and it's it's doubly sad because He's a closeted homosexual who's also sexually attracted to his cousin. And 30. And 30. (laughs) So the last thing I want to talk about is there's a cliffhanger, everyone. Mm, A legit cliffhanger this time. Yeah, because like the last time, the last one, obviously it was the unaired pilot. And what's fascinating about that one is that you had the commercial breaks built into the viewing of it but watching it watching this one i didn't see actual like fade to black Mm. moments i wonder if they were more aware of the streaming potential for these movies yes because this is 2020 yeah and they were like there's gonna be a streaming streamer that this is going on so we need to make it more like a cinematic movie well because disney plus came out 2019 2020 i don't know it blurs <laughs> honestly 2020 That's... was the longest five years of my life exactly so... <laughs> from your lips to god's ears <laughs> so there was that but yeah so this one so the honored pilot that they then made into a hour and 20 something minute movie worked and we we joked about how it was a full season this one felt more like a movie yeah they scripted it as a piece and they clearly were like, there's a third one, everyone. There's going to be a third one. So at the they time... trilogies because High School Musical was a trilogy. Because at the time, I remember watching it, and I think I texted you like in all caps, being like, what the fuck, there's going to be a third one? And, and <laughs> the teaser for it is that it's Addison, she's in bed, um, and all of a sudden there's a blue light and her hair turns blue and it's very out of this world sounding. So 
Maybe it's aliens, everyone. Yes, a little bit of a, a theremin sound there. A little foreshadowing. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, but Shady, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Uh, I think every other topic I want to discuss will be under sharps and or flats. Mostly sharps. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. And surprisingly, I have one more flat than I do sharps. Oh, okay. I have more sharps. Um, But literally, it's one more. So yeah, I, I also I think I'm a little warmer on this movie than you are just a little bit. Yeah, because when we get to number three, get ready. Um, <laughs> get ready, everyone. That's get ready. So <laughs> want, let's start with flats. Okay. Uh, my first flat is Zoe staring into the camera while Zed breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. That's a language that was set up for Zed and Addison only. I also flatted them breaking the fourth fourth wall throughout the movie again. Because even yeah. though they set up the language in the first one, I still don't like it. <laughs> it still they takes did, me away. I, did, I feel like they toned it down. But it, also, like you said, there's a moment with Zoe and there's a moment with Winter breaking the fourth wall too. Zed has a moment like literally right before the uh, I'm winning, I think, where he breaks the fourth wall and then says what he's just said to us, to everyone else. So I'm like, why are we still doing this? If you yeah. want to waste time, work on the story like yeah like i said before it's very like swipe or no swiping we're like oh do you see a clue like it's it's preschool it's preschool tv um i also flatted bucky still being a racist great i hate that too um, and it, it makes less sense here too which is a big thing yeah like if it, you... it makes sense that he wouldn't be fully progressed that he would still have work to do but it feels like he totally regressed instead and Regress- like regressed further back than right. he was in the at the beginning of the first movie. Like right. he became like Uber. <laughs> Again, maybe true to life in some unfortunate cases, but not narratively satisfying. And also we're decom. Come on. Like right. let them grow a little bit. Right. A good narrative has the characters constantly moving forward. Um even if that's not always true to life. Uh, so my uh, another flat that I have is Zoe wanting a werewolf as a pet. Yeah, I got a little weird vibes from that. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it there. She gets a dog at the end. She gets a dog and she hangs out with one of the oh, what do they call the werepups? She hangs out with the werepups. Is cute. I wish she had like a line. Be like cute dog, or like we're friends now. You know, yeah, like like, give that girl some personality instead of just pigtails. I also flatted the new cheer uniforms. I hated them. Yeah, they're not I good. I hated them. It was so stereotypical. I loved the costumes in the first one because they had the color integration well. We talked a lot about color where it was the the worlds combining. This one just felt boring and ill-fitting. Yeah, they they did not look tailored well at all. And it was weird to see, like, it was very jarring to me. I was not a cheerleader as a kid, but all three of my sisters were cheerleaders. I have three nieces who are all cheerleaders. 
it was weird how like boxy and loose the tank tops looked because yes cheerleader, especially competition cheer it is tight it is to your form it is not supposed to budge yes yeah it's it not was, supposed to was, look like a box on you it they fe- all look boxy it felt like we were watching greece or something like we were watching not a tw- 2020 movie yeah like at the very least tuck them into the skirts you I realize they, i oh, think they were oh, I think they were, and that's even worse. That is worse. Yeah, I think I actually think it was a one piece. Now oh. that I actually think about it, because oh, I remember okay. seeing their arms raise up, and then you see the the colorful underwear underneath. You know, like the spank, the whatever burn, they call it, bloomies. Yeah. yeah. Also, oh, so I'm gonna add another flat. By the way, speaking of the cheerleaders, I want to flat the trope of cheerleaders being the popular kids. We're done with it. <laughs> We're in the 21st century now. Like, yeah. we are so beyond clicks, really. Yeah. We have been we beyond clicks for a while now. Like, I don't know. Because, oh, where did I write down? Uh, I can't even, I can't find it. But I was just like, why are we still having them be a click? Like, why are we still making them yeah. the prominent group well, on camp, on it- school grounds? It makes sense for the first movie because the point is that at the beginning, the town is very throwback 1950s, pretend nothing's right. wrong. So it makes sense because that's kind of where cheerleaders being the popular kids started. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're, it, it does feel weird that people still do that into this day. It feels when, ni- like, like 90s. like Yeah. Uh- I feel like most people like in real life these days are like, yeah, cheer is just another athletic hobby you can have. And they're also like the best athletes, but we're just going to like reduce them down to being popular bitches. Like you'll see a cheerleader and then they could be strumming a guitar underneath a a tree and then they are an honor student who is part of the chess club. You know, like we can. Right. Like cheer is not a personality. It is a thing you do. Yes. It feels like a, a fill-in for like I don't really want to write and not necessarily for this movie because so many of them are cheerleaders, but like in a lot of teen media, if they're still using that trope, it just feels like, oh, you didn't really want to develop a personality for this character. You just use the shorthand of, well, they're a cheerleader, so think what you want about cheerleaders. Because at least you know with Bucky, he is over the top. He is a cheerleader and he's over the top and he is like the wacky antagonist that he was in the first movie as well. He's the Sharpay plus racism. Right. But also <laughs> a cheerleader. So like they're using it in a way that is against the trope, but still the trope. And like, yeah. I think we could retire this. We still have one more movie, but I think like <laughs> as a trope, Hollywood, whenever you get your shit together, let's retire the cheerleader yeah. popular kid trope. Cool. Um, And then my last flat is for some of the puns. They felt like a little too much because at least in the first one, they were there, but it wasn't as bad. Like we had Necropolis as the last name and like, ha 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 ha. But like this one, there were so many dog puns. Although, oh, yeah. And wolves are not quite the same as dogs. Just going to put that out there. Although I did like the first one that happened, which Zoe said to Wyatt in disguise, what big eyes you have. I was like, get it. Okay. I like that. That was I like cute. That, one. that was I was like, all right, Ella, you have that cute one. I feel like Winter had some fun lines here and there. 
Um, I like the wag your tail like a Labrador. I think that's funny because they're also making fun of the idea of being domesticated dogs. Yeah, but like there's some of them I'm just like, could we have written something different? (laughs) I feel that. I feel that. Uh, What are your flats? Uh, I was also going to say the cheer uniforms because they're not good. They're not good. I don't know why they changed the design. I think they might have wanted a more classic cheerleader looks, but I liked like the screen printed ones from the first movie, which first yeah. of all are a lot of modern cheer teams have the screen printing instead because it's a lot easier to move in than the overly like the stitch paneling and everything. But yeah, it's just so much more boring. I don't mm-hmm. like that. It's mostly white. I don't think that's like super flattering on everyone to wear mostly white like that uh, in such a boxy fit. No. Um, and if they were going to make the argument that like they wanted the same look for the cheer uniform as the marching band, it's like they're never really the same. No, they're not. My I was in marching band. We never dressed anything similar to the cheerleaders at all. We had or, the same colors. Or like, yeah. yeah, you could do the same colors. Just find a hot pink and a neon green. Like, come on, for the band yeah. uniforms. You could still yeah. do that band uniform jacket look. Yeah. But like, make it pink. Who cares? Yeah. I'm gonna also I don't like that the wolves wolfing out is just basically them growling and like baring their claws and their eyes kind of glowing like mm. I, I I get I guess they don't have the budget for it to look good but even if you did something super cheesy with it I think you could get away with super cheesy in a movie like this I want to see like I want to see wolves man like you- at least a wolf man like like uh it doesn't have to be like full on like exploding into a dog like in the Twilight movies. But like What if it was like you saw a wolf face come out? Yeah, like if it was like something similar to Teen Wolf, where you're still basically a human form but lots of hair and sort of dog like features. Oh no, I meant like 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 a total CGI light outline effect, uh and I'm, by light I mean like it's lights. Ah where the wolf comes out and goes back in. That'd be cool. Because I'm doing not, a they're, I'm they're... doing a motion for Shady, yeah. and she's understanding. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll take this video right. if you're okay with. I'll I'll re- I'll make a new yeah. video. Be like the no, wolf. No, but I get what you mean. It's like it's like the essence of the wolf is starting. It's it's an essence. It's the essence it of wolf in. coming out of their yeah, face and, and then go back in because they can yeah. they can still do the the roar the right. Like, I bare my teeth, I'm going to show my claws, but then, like, the wolf comes out. Yeah. Dizzy, you have the money. You have, I know you have the money. And, like, I love werewolves in general. I love werewolves in movies because even when they're bad, I'm usually like, well, they tried to do something here, at least. Like, they're trying to do something new and original, usually, with werewolf movies. So I'm not, like, I'm not asking for full-on American Werewolf in London. No. That would be dope, but very impractical, I guess. So dope, but bad, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, like, Teen Wolf is right there. That was a show with a really low budget, and they still sometimes made it work. Not always, but (laughs) people forgave it. People forgave it because it was also a cheesy show. Listen to our Teen Witch episode, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Uh, how many times can I mention Teen Wolf on this podcast? I mean, so far you're 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 at two. I think Great. three, maybe. No, two, because yeah, this is Werewolf. The first time right. with Werewolves, yeah. 
I'll, I will fit it into anything. I will figure out a way to fit it into like theater camp or something like that. Fit it into the next episode, man. Cause you can. <laughs> um, so, okay. Those were my two. Uh, what was my other one? Oh yeah. The, I already touched on this, but just that there really feels like there's not much of a climax to this movie. Like it really kind of feels like it's building up to something and then just totally peters out. And I like the song Flesh and Bone. And sure, it would be cool if that could change hearts and minds, just singing at people and doing a cool rain dance. But that is not the way of the world. And it's, again, just not super satisfying from a narrative perspective. And by rain dance, everyone, Shady means dancing in the rain. Yes, yes. I don't, yeah. (laughs) Because I want to differentiate because we talk about how the werewolves represent natives or indigenous folk. And <laughs> that is a thing. Yeah. And we, I, I want to make sure that. we're covering our butts. <laughs> but like, like watch a Bollywood movie. They, there's always rain and they're always dancing in it. I don't know. I understand it, but I love it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wait, do you have any more flats or is that it? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Sharps. Let's go. Uh, oh, wait. Uh-huh. Sorry. I just forgot to mention because it's it's a flat for all three movies, really. But the white saviorness of Addison. Oh my God! Yes. I know we can't get away from it. It's what it's what it's what the movie is. And you know what? I want to also retroactively flat that in the first movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to show kids how they can be allies, but it is not always her story. I want Brie to be the lead. I do think that it would take the edge off of a lot of the white saviorness if a woman of color was playing Addison. And I say that fully loving Meg Donnelly's performance. But like, I but feel like- It would take a lot of the the iffiness out. I feel like for like Brie, she's a woman of co- color. She's a curvy woman as well. And the glasses. Mm. If we have that, that makes an interesting lead for me because it's not typical. Meg Donnelly is very- very much the uh can we get a rose she lives up to uh typical beauty standards in the western world can we get a rosencrantz and gildenstern of the zombies movies but through brie's eyes i would love that brie and bonzo are dead oh my god are undead brie and bonzo Bonzo are are undead (gasps) we're writing it trademark copyright we're doing it (laughs) fuck off disney it's our idea (laughs) (laughs) we will not win that battle no we won't um (laughs) But speaking of Bonzo, uh, I've sharped him again. I also sharped Winter because I love her. She is the best, especially like the yeah. too much. That was like the rule of three thirds for yeah. her. She had some really funny one liners. The whole and- like I'm not. I'm gonna tell you our secret, but I shouldn't have told you. Oh shit. Um, I like that all of the different factions we'll call them, like all the different. I don't know, species, races, whatever. All of these different groups have a ditz character, but they're all ditzy in different ways. I also sharped Brie. Yeah. Because of all the moments we talked about her. Like, when I write these outlines, it's in outline form, so it's like bullet points and everything. So, like, Bonzo and Winter are on one line, and I have Brie on her own line. She Mm. needed her own line in this one. Because of that one line... She gets her own line. I also sharp the mighty shrimp mascot driving the bus because I think it's fucking hilarious that you can't, that, that person can't see. Um, <laughs> I 
am adding a sharp that I didn't write down, and nobody knows that, so I don't know why I had to announce it this way. But I'm adding a sharp of Addison's lace front being visible. Mm. <laughs> I clocked it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can clock it. It is so bad. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. We didn't have wig talk. Now we're having wig talk. It is so bad. It's better style. Yeah, it's a way better style. It suits her better. I do love that she has a line about how good her hair is conditioned when she's got all those flyaways just flying away. I'm like, girl. But like, you you see it and I'm like, you know what? You just... You. This is for us. You kept it for us. <laughs> it's really our. That wig is for us. Thank you. Um, that wig was wigging. I also sharped uh, the prawn costumes, the mm. prom outfits, the prawn outfits, um, especially the aces in suits. I almost fell out my chair when I was rewatching this, mm. seeing all three of them dressed in suits or tuxes or whatever they are. I don't know if they actually have the stripe on the pants or whatever, but like seeing the, the two female ACs with the glitter cummerbund, um, the fact that they had women in pants. And they're like supposed to be like the head bitches of the school. And they were in pants. And they're in pants. I was, I was like, I was yes. Godding, you know, I was like, yeah, got it. But like, all all of them i understand why they're in sneakers and i'll allow it yeah. i'll allow it but like like Addis, addison's dress is very cinderella-esque but i'm here for it i love the zombies looks i loved all the werewolves looks yeah so uh this movie introduces a new costume designer trisha <laughs> baker i believe that's how you pronounce her, her name um Although we hated the co- the the cheerleading costumes, I'm loving how she thought about the way that like these different groups would mm-hmm. dress fancy to the prom. Because like I remember in the first movie, we didn't really talk about it, but like Zed in the opening monologue that he breaks that he talks right down the barrel of the lens. Um, <laughs> He says that they have uniforms, zombies have uniforms that they have to wear, but like they zhuzh it up a little bit, you know, they have fun yeah. with it. And they so put their safety pins and stuff. Because also the zombies, like their style is pretty punk inspired. Yeah. And then in the werewolves, there's fur. There's... Yeah, we've got the faux fur, the pleather. Pleather. They're they're more like purpley browns. Zombies yeah. are in like jewel tones we talked about, and the humans are in pastel, mostly pinks and blues. So like they she played with all of it, mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. And my last sharp is for flesh and bone. That was a great moment. I mean, it's a song that that really only works in universe. It's not a song song. You know what I mean? Yeah, although, the, the lyrics don't transfer to real life. Although I will listen to it. Yeah. It is like them diegetically talking about the events that are going that are happening. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, it wouldn't play on the radio out of context of this narrative. I don't know. Maybe it would. Maybe it's on the Disney radio or something. Yeah, but radio like Disney. I feel like you'd have to know that it's from this movie. Well, you yeah, need the course. context of it's from a zombies movie. That's why they're talking about like but my sharp is more for the performance 
mm. of flesh and bone because yeah. like the, gore- the production design or production not- the choreography the, the choreo, yeah the, the music itself it's, it's uh, a showstopper that is a showstopper it is if its own were... writing team but okay. it still feels in universe and it feels like it's introducing a new flair a new not um a new uh language to mm. the music of this franchise because it's the blend of the styles is that what you mean mm-hmm. or okay. yeah yeah because yeah, even like they're really working together it doesn't have the separation of this is what the zombies sound like this is what the wolves sound like this is what the humans sound you, like because even we own the night and call of the wild sound differently to flesh and bone they did yeah yeah that's true so that's why that's why when you said it was you, you consider it a werewolf song i consider it like the actual first group number of the movie because okay Okay, i see what you mean it is its own style yeah i was just yeah i i meant it was like uh i don't want to say that the tone is darker or more somber but the tone to me is just a little more similar to what the wolves have been singing than but yeah no yeah but then it's bringing them in and like each each verse is kind of upping upping it a little bit it follows their story that's yeah because there's like three main stories you have the werewolves you have zed and you have addison Mm -hmm. and so the werewolves storyline although interacts with zed and addison like that song i understand what you mean that it's a werewolf song okay but like i consider it because just musically i consider it the group number because they're it feels like they pulled influence from all the other music language that they established already for okay. the three groups. And now I they're think... like, let's make it into something a little original. That's me. What is your what are your sharps? Um, okay, my sharps are once again, uh, across the board, I think it's a very well cast movie. Like you keep saying, everyone knows what they're in and everyone knows what what their purpose is in this movie. Oh, and I, I also want to tack on that includes, I think, all of the werewolves, especially the three main werewolves, do a really good job. I really like is, uh, Chandler Kenny, is that her name, who plays Willa. I love her energy. I love her attitude. And, like, like I really love that she's, like, fully there to challenge the status quo 100%. And she's fully there to just, like, stick the flag in the ground and say, this is what I'm fighting for. And I like that why it is a little more like, no, we need to be a little bit more amenable. We need to be, you know, catch more flies with honey than vinegar. I like, and I like how they kind of work with that without actually having, like, without actually coming to blows. They still maintain their friendship. And then winter's Uh, the end. (laughs) Yeah, love her. Um, well, so, it, so she's you, you, a TikToker. Uh, that actress, she was a TikTok star or something before she was in this movie. I doubt it. Oh, you're right. She was a social media star, and then she was cast in this. Just not, to kind of like I, I'm not seeing TikTok because this this movie came out when like TikTok like was brand new, but um, so. <laughs> We're old, we're so we old. were also late to TikTok. Shut up, shut up. Um, <laughs> so to backtrack, you're right. Chandler Kinney plays Willa. We talked about okay. Pierce Joza. I am pronouncing his name wrong. Oh, okay. Baby Ariel. She was. Uh, 
She mm-hmm. was a Musical.ly star. Musical.ly is the app that is now known as TikTok. Got it. So yeah, and Ariel Martin is winter. Um, yeah. I And like, to be fair, I shot her because I liked her for comedic purposes. I liked all three of them and their their pack, like the their yeah. pack of dancers. <laughs> yeah. Um, love their costumes. Love that they've got their, to, to contrast with the zombies and humans, they've got their, their purples and their golds. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? There were so many things I was going <laughs> to harp and I didn't write them down because who, what am I? An idiot. Um, I You're like- not an idiot. <laughs> I like that when, uh, they're, they're trying to fight off the protests, uh, for the moonstone or whatever. I thought it was very clever that they sprayed them with colloidal silver because we know in universe that silver, like in most werewolf lore are a weakness for the werewolves. And I thought that was a clever way to mirror the tear gassing of protesters at standing rock. Um, Oh, interesting. I did. Okay. I get that now. uh, I thought that was very clever that they thought to do that, that, Oh, we can gas them with silver. Um, Clever. Uh, Maybe. If they had used tear gas, that would have been a touch inappropriate for a kid's movie and also maybe too close to reality. Um, but this was like, oh, that works. Uh, any more sharps? I am going to sharp. I love Eliza in this movie. I loved Eliza in the first movie too, but they do present her as sort of a secondary, not antagonist, but kind of an antagonist uh, in the third act of the first movie. Mm-hmm. I like in this movie, she... They're fully on her side. They're like, yeah, we do need to be a little more extreme. Uh, and it's presented as Zed, who's the one who's wrong for not wanting to be as extreme, that he wants to take the baby steps. Um, I like that she is developing like a, a nice little girlhood friendship with uh, Addison. I think it's cute. I like it. There was, there was a moment in Flesh and Bone when it was her, Addison, and Brie. And I was just like, fuck where is this song where is their their trio throw in willa because i want i will make it a quartet yeah love it there's a lot i like about this movie but i'm gonna say that those are my sharps uh would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist uh we own the night uh flesh and bone uh call it to the wild i do like do it like the zombies do very cheesy but like it gets my shoulders moving and then you think about the lyrics and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really only, I really only wrote down We Own the Night and Flesh and Bone. Because I think Call to the Wild, I think I need the dance for Call Call the Wild or Call to the Wild, whatever it is. Um, I feel that. I, I, I really like the instrumentation of it. I like what they, the influences that they pull in for that. Um, it's just a slightly different listening experience from the rest of these songs mm-hmm. meaning this whole franchise and also stuff like high school musical and descendants so i like it for sort of its novelty if yeah i do like all for one but i don't think it's the best finale no and it's and it oddly reminds me of high school musical too yeah all for one everybody now yeah that's what it reminds me of but on that note shady we're done with the episode we did it we did zombies two of three yeah there's another one 
Yeah, spoiler alert, there's a third one. <laughs> I, I wonder what the, the new monster will be in this one. Who knows? They left it on <laughs> such a not obvious cliffhanger. Insert theremin here. Insert, yes. Uh, but Shady, <laughs> what do you have to plug or promote? Uh, I would like to, once again, plug my Twitter account. Uh, at Cookie O Shady. Can I tell you what you what kind of dessert you are? Yes. You're a Scooby snack because of the werewolves. Ooh. Okay, I was gonna say puppy chow. Same lines. Ooh. Same lines. We went for the we went for the we went for the dog pun that I flatted, yeah. but like <laughs> it's that's good the whole point. when we do it. If that's the whole point of this question <laughs> when I ask you on both podcasts, because like yeah we're having fun and we we try to tie it in as much as possible um and also also plugging the other podcast that i will someday revive it's gonna happen i promise i promise i don't have a timeline yet but we we have recorded episodes that have not been posted and if you want to fund our bonzo and brie are undead screenplay (laughs) Because we clearly haven't written it yet, but if you want to throw us some some dollars to write it, uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail dot com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Uh, you will, I will make a video, John, future John, and I'm keeping this in the episode. <laughs> make a video of the motion and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation well guess what everyone we're doing zombies three with shady we're finishing up this franchise we're finishing up well we're still in spooky season um john likes a theme that's why we're doing it uh but shady thank you so much for going down this path with me again you're welcome, John. I really enjoy discussing these movies and the very questionable subtext of all of them. Like it's really it really gives me subtext. <laughs> <laughs> it really just gives me such joy to put way too much thought into children's media. Because we are two white people in our thirties <laughs> talking about decoms. <laughs> yeah yeah uh but thank you everyone for listening and bye for now Uh, uh, uh. special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast and thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast bye again everyone and have a musical day